Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Energy is high here at Full Service Radio at the Line Hotel. I'm joined today by the Vetter Brothers, Greg, Brian, and Matt, founders of Tesame Salad Dressing. Uh, they have a hell of a story to tell, and I can't wait to get into it. Welcome, guys. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Thank you, Spike. I'm glad you're here, but well, I want to get one thing straight. If you choke me the fuck out, <laughs> this will not make it on air. Is that true, Jack? This, that, if you choke me out, it's true. this is not going to end up on the internet. That's so. right. Follow the script, man. Yes. Yep. It Follow will be on just, my Instagram live feed right okay. now. But You're don't, live. <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to make is don't kill the host, okay? Can we? we we'll all agree. All we'll right, agree. good. Promise, a, promise us a meal afterwards and, <laughs> and everybody's safe. We got you. Tesame salad dressing, one of my favorites. It's in my, it's in my uh, fridge at home. Yes. That's saying a lot. True story. Um, started out. Who wants, to, who wants to take this from the beginning? Because that's, that's one of the things I wanted to get out here. Is I'll this. start it from the beginning. Yeah, let's do and that. And then we'll let everybody else chime in as we go. And who are you speaking, <clears throat> sir? Hi, this is Greg. I'm the oldest brother and CEO at Tessie Mays. Um, so we are entering, uh, we're about to have our ninth anniversary, if anybody can actually believe that. Um, and so... You know, oldest of three brothers. Uh, my mom had to figure out how she was going to get three wild boys to eat vegetables. And she came up with what is now the lemon garlic dressing. And so uh, we ate salad every single night. We all ended up playing uh, lacrosse in high school and then college and then professionally for a little while. And um, the only thing they ever asked of my mom at tailgates was bring your dressing. And so uh, I moved out after I graduated, uh, unlike some 22-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so my mom made me salad dressing in two-liter bottles. I came home from work one day, and this two-liter bottle was missing from my house. You do not misplace a two-liter bottle of salad dressing. So uh, I start calling neighbors. I track a guy down, shout out to Smitty, and uh, he had broken into my house and taken the salad dressing. And so I'm like, hey man, did you, uh, did you take my salad dressing? And he's like, yup, woke up this morning, was jonesing for it, hopped on the scooter, came over, knew the code to your house, now I'm crushing a salad. And so at that moment, I thought to myself, what kind of man steals another man's salad dressing? And then I said, we got to bottle this shit. So I called my brothers and I said, hey, uh, we're going to start a salad dressing company. When is this? 2009. It's in a recession. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't want to say we were uh, that dialed into the current state of the economy. We all thought that was a great idea. <laughs> and so I walked into the uh, local Annapolis Whole Foods with a Tupperware container, uh, and I told them that I was a food manufacturer. And they tried the dressing, said I had something really special. Um, 
I Googled my way through 200 pages of uh, food manufacturing paperwork, literally Googling, what is a HACCP plan? How do you become a food manufacturer? <laughs> and um, so then uh, we got a shot at the grand opening of the new Annapolis Whole Foods, May 1st, 2009. And we set up a demo and um, we set a national Whole Foods sales record, sold 650 bottles in uh, five days at a one store with, with one skew, which was the lemon garlic dressing. And uh, in life, it's either fuck yes or no. And so that was a very much fuck yes moment. And so we all decided to double down and uh, make this thing work. And so we grew from one store to five stores to all the stores in uh, Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. And um, next thing we know, we are the number one selling dressing in the mid-Atlantic region. And at the time, there were 42 stores. So we're selling more salad dressing at 18 stores than the whole region was. And so... Then we really knew we were onto something. And that kind of began the, the journey of standing up for what we believed in and proving people wrong. Because at first everyone was like, it's never going to work because uh, nobody in Georgia is going to give a shit about something not being local. And I just disagree. Being a fat middle schooler, you, just, <laughs> you care about things that taste good. You don't give a shit where they're from. And so... Um, you know, we ended up being the number one dressing in uh, the Mid-Atlantic. All the while, you know, we're making this at night at a frickin' rib restaurant in Annapolis. So they close at 10. Shout out to Adam's Ribs in Eastport. What up, Brian Toomey? I see you letting me pay you in salad dressing. <laughs> um, and so they would close at 10, and we would literally back up my dad's, dad's suburban full of lemons and oil and bottles and we're making it at adam's ribs we're hand labeling it we're hand capping it and then brian is driving it to all of the stores walking it in the front door in a grocery cart with an invoice having people sign the invoice immediately setting up a demo selling all of it out so no one can yell at us because it's already been sold and that's how we literally rolled out the first three years of the business. And so we didn't realize it at the time, but we were in the process of inventing clean manufacturing. And, um, you know, we, we always tell the story of like, it's a great authentic story. You know, we live our core values. We won't take no for an answer. All the while, you know, we're literally... Uh, changing the way dress, dressings and sauces and other things that traditionally have thickening agents in them are being manufactured. And so uh, with that in mind, we tried to find a co-packer to grow because we were you know, following everybody's uh, expert quote unquote counsel and advice. You got to find a co-packer. You got to find a co-packer. And we tried. And, and everybody used thickening agents and everybody used citric acid. And we would go and visit these places. And citric acid is in a bucket that says, if it touches your skin, immediate, immediately run to the burn station uh, because it will essentially melt your skin off. And I'm like, hey, is this safe to eat? They're like, oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but when diluted with water, yeah, when diluted safe. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And so... Um, we had my dad sign over his house. 
Uh, we got a line of credit from a bank. Thanks, Dad. Love you, Dad. Shout out Steve Vetter. <laughs> um, and then we uh, opened a 36,000-square-foot manufacturing facility, which everybody told us we were absolutely insane because we were only in 68 Whole Foods at the time that we opened this massive manufacturing building. But that was really the key to allowing us to grow because then we could say yes. We could figure out the back end and we could say yes. Where is this? This is in Essex, which is outside of Baltimore. Um, It's not the nicest part of the Baltimore area, but what it is, it has a tradition of manufacturing and it has uh, people that are willing to grind. Right, because that's where Bethlehem Steel essentially was the the main ecosystem, and you know people aren't manufacturing cool shit anymore, and so we're like we're going to do it ourselves, and we figured it out, and it's been nine years, and it's been you know an ass whooping, and that's what people don't understand is like, oh man, you guys are. I hate when people use the word entrepreneurs. Nothing pisses me off more than that. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? And, oh, you guys are so, you're entrepreneurs, or like you meet somebody, my husband's an entrepreneur. Don't, don't say that, <laughs> right? We're just out there trying to get it. Um, and so uh, everybody there just grinds, and they're happy to have a job, and we try and treat them right, and we try and just kind of uh, lead by example and bring the whole thing back full circle where you know, we're living core values. We're investing in the community that we're in, uh, that we're in, uh, you know, we're doing manufacturing in Maryland. Uh, we're growing. It's, it's kind of a lifestyle brand if, if you ask people and we're just doing things the way we want to be doing them. And so, uh, you know, now if you look at us today, Brian, you can, you can update with how many stores we're in, but you know, we're the number one selling, uh, salad dressing in the country. We're 87% of the organic salad dressing market. Um, and, and now we're just trying to continue to deliver what everybody loves, continue to innovate the way we innovated uh, salad dressing and condiments, and, um, you know, li- live, our, live our best life, I guess. And that, I mean, one of the things I love about this company is that how these three brothers came together and do, to do this and are doing it. And you should you guys talk about what you do now because it's it started you know at, at the rib shop and <laughs> in the, and now it's I mean and what I love about what you were saying is that yeah you figured out how to make the salad dressing but with any business you're figuring out a lot more than that and how did you guys find your lanes within Tessames? Well, for our jobs, yeah. Well, initially it's just when you meet us, um, you'll understand why we're in the roles that we're in. Uh, Brian can sell ice to Eskimos and ketchup popsicles to women in white gloves. Shout out to Tommy boy. Uh, Matt loved playing with Legos as a child, just like my son does. And so what better way to utilize those childhood skills than manufacturing? (laughs) And so he was kind of left with no option. We said, one, you have to be a part of this. So there's, there's no way out of it. Two, You'll be handling all of manufacturing, and there's no way out of that either, so you better make the best of it. Yeah, no problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he turned, it, he turned out uh, inventing clean manufacturing. 
you know, we've disrupted the salad dressing space. Uh, we invented the fresh condiment category. And we did all of that because we made things that we would want to serve our families. And we never cut corners. And I think so often you get into this space and all of the magazines and the PR and the groupies and everything, they all come out and it just all becomes about money. Hold on. It, groupies? Oh, yeah. You know about those. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I clearly missed something. I remember <laughs> groupies from college. Right, exactly. When I was an athlete. Right. right. But are there, they're salad dressing groupies now. I don't know. I'm married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, but, but long story short, it's very easy to add Xanthan gum and, you know, double your margin. So that was the next question is why is it important for you guys not to do that? When, how did you land on that? Because like you said, almost everybody else goes down that other road. They listen to what people are telling them and you guys didn't. And that's one of the reasons that we're talking. My mom, when you meet her, which you have, but I'm talking to, to the audience You'll understand um, she is a, she's down to earth. She's a voice of the people. And so when we first started, she goes, Greg, do you remember Schlitz beer? <laughs> and I go, I've heard of it. I don't really remember it. She goes, that was the beer we all drank. And then they cheapened their ingredients. And then they went out of business. Don't do that. Wow. And I was like, that is really great advice. And so, you know, you bring in these VPs of manufacturing and the food scientists and everybody else, and they're all telling you to do the same shit. And we're just like, Schlitz beer, don't do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we just, at the end of the day, we have to be able to, you know us, and we're all in, right? We fully commit a 100%, a 1,000%, all of our family is in, you know, everybody is in. And we have to believe 100%. We have to be willing to go into a fist fight over salad dressing um, to be able to wake up every single day and fight that fight. And so putting xanthan gum in or citric acid or my most unfavorite thing in the world is freaking natural flavors. What a crock of shit that is. Why? It's fucking poison. It is manufactured scents and flavors that you can add to anything to make it taste like something completely different. But it's natural. Bullshit. 75 chemicals in one ounce. Well, and they go, they're like, yeah, it's organic. There's organic flavors. It's from organic or, you know, orange flavors from organic oranges. Let me see the fucking oranges. (laughs) This is a fucking science experiment and it's bullshit. And it pisses me off because, you know, everybody out there is trying to fight the same fight, you know, be the best version of themselves. And America does a great job of making that really difficult. And, you know, we actually have a natural flavor and scent uh, manufacturing spot across the street from our building. And so when they do strawberry gum or butterscotch, butterscotch, love that. It smells so I mean, terrible. you can smell it within a five-mile radius of this place. And 60 Minutes did a, a whole freaking uh, sketch, I guess you could say, on that thing. And basically, they're just like, yeah, we create food addiction. And it's like in everything. 
Look at anything. Open your eyes for the first time to natural flavors and see what that shit says. It's insane. So here we... No natural flavors in Tessames. They're real ingredients. Right. Um, but no, there is no added natural flavor. There's no added gum. There's no added... We use real lemon juice, so there's no citric acid. So what you end up with is a is an expensive salad dressing. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, it's and re- that's yeah. And, and that, so that is the dilemma, and right. that's why whatever it is, it's like the statistic is 29 out of 30 uh, CPG brands fail, and they fail because they try and make it the right way, and then you don't have the volume or the velocity, and so then you go out of business or you go and raise money. Because everybody thinks that's the most fun thing in the world because they read Inc. Magazine or Fast Company or whatever fucking bullshit is out there. And it's like this super luxurious way of life of like, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, my Series A or B and, you know, I'm raising all this money. Next thing you know, you're out of a job. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Somebody else owns your company and you are. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, man. What's your what's your biggest seller right now? Ranch. Creamy Ranch. Ranch. Our version of it, which is Matt, would you like to chime in since you are one of the creators? It was, I think that was my recipe. Oh, I think it was Brian's. That's a hard no. (laughs) (laughs) Not he had nothing to do with that. (laughs) Chef Kristen will talk about this later. No, it's just it's what we make is clean salad dressings. We everybody's in a race to the bottom, and we're in a race to the top. We only use the best ingredients and. We're using 100% organic lemon juice. Nobody else is willing to even consider that. You know, we're using real herbs and spices. And, and we use, uh, we emulsify it with eggs instead of dairy. And so that uh, allows us to reach a, a larger population because they're, you know, it's dairy free. It's We'll use all the buzzwords. It's gluten-free. It's paleo. It's ketogenic. It's, it's Whole30 approved. It's Whole30 approved. It's So all of these food allergens out there, um, you know, we try and eliminate any barrier to purchase while making sure that when, they, when people try it, it is the best thing they've ever tasted. Because without taste, there's nothing. You can have organic, non-GMO, you know... Uh, air, right? And if it doesn't taste good, people aren't going to buy it. Or breathe it. <laughs> they might. Uh, we'll have to think about They'll it. They'll consider it. They, they do sell bottled air now, right? They do. And in they, Colorado, yeah, right. it's in a tank and you put it over yeah. your nose. All right. We'll have to revisit that. So it's, it's a ranch, no dairy, right? and it's delicious. It's the best thing on the planet. Other and than mom's original dressing, lemon garlic. That's number two. That's still, that's, yeah. That I still mean, bumps. People love it. And how many, how many, what's the line now? How many products are on the Tessame shelf? We try and focus on uh, eight dressings. And then we have a line of fresh condiments. So we have fresh ketchup, fresh barbecue sauce, buffalo, a fresh mayonnaise. Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Your favorite yellow mustard. True that, um, but um, I got a mustard thing. <laughs> I want to. I want to get back to something you brought up, and it's it's kind of a it's a bigger question about what you guys kind of started and what you thought you were get, or knew you were getting into when you first 
started Tesamase, and you, you used the word or the, the uh, initial CPG, right? Consumer packaged goods. And I can't imagine that you had a sense that you were diving into this insanely deep uh, pond. We uh, had no idea. And w- t- tell us a little bit about what that is. What is CPG, consumer packaged goods? What does that mean? And what is that world? I mean, that's the world of grocery. Um, it's the world of every grocery store on the planet. And so it is a methodical data-driven business. Um, there are historical trends of margins and price points. And, you know, people are doing consumer testing and, and all this stuff. Um, and we just started off because we wanted to have a different set of experiences in life than what we were currently witnessing, right? So we didn't want to participate in the nine to five. We didn't want to be sitting in a cubicle. We wanted to go out and figure out if there was more to what we call life. And so that's why we started salad dressing because a lightning bolt came down, Smitty stole the dressing, that's, my, that's our sign. We're, we're gonna go forward with that. Um, and so what you figure out is that um, the only things that make it to the, to the shelves for the most part uh, have the right margin profile, they have the right price point, and they have the right velocity. And if you don't have those things, and Brian can talk on that because he has single-handedly sold us into every major grocery store in the United States, um, you have to fight in those meetings for, for, for our view what is right. And um, you got to be aggressive. And so you look at a lot of these companies and they have just kind of general salespeople that go in there and they're not really that emotionally vested to it. And so a buyer tells them to go fucking pound sand and that's the end. Brian will camp out in the parking lot (laughs) until that person says yes. And he did that. When we were trying to get national and Whole Foods, we needed the NorCal region of Whole Foods. And so Brian went out there, we like spent our last, you know, whatever the round trip ticket was, 1200 bucks or something. And we're like, dude, we need this. So he calls me after the meeting and goes, we're in man, I did it. So I am stoked. I'm like, thank you, God. Great job, Brian. He goes, but I gotta stay out here for a couple days, fill out some paperwork. Um, I'll be back in like two or three days. I'm going to sleep in my car. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, it turns out the buyer had told him no. <laughs> and so he was not going to take no for an answer. And so he went back in there the next day. The guy wouldn't take a meeting with him. He went back the next day. And then I'll let you uh, tell the story of, of how you made that happen. <clears throat> so first of all, shout out to 24-Hour Fitness National Fitness Plan because I was able to shower <laughs> take my naps and seem fresh when I went into these meetings. But the, the reality of the situation and what makes us super different is our goal was always just to be number one at what we were doing. Not to be everything to everybody, but be the number one selling organic salad dressing in one Whole Foods, then two Whole Foods, then three Whole Foods. And so along the way, you start to figure out how it works from the bottom up and everybody just wants to work on the top down. They want the high level relationships. They want this mythical life of the stroke of a check and then it's all it's all good. Right. And so 
What we did differently is the three of us opened up every single Whole Foods in the country by ourselves. We did every single demo, we stocked every single shelf, and we created a relationship with 350 at the time Whole Foods produce managers. And so when the VPs would get our cold calls or our emails being like, yo, man, I need a meeting with you because we got the future here and you just don't know about it yet. They would email the store like, who in the hell is, you know, oldest, middle and youngest at Tessie May? It's like, what is a Tessie May? And the produce manager would be like, yo, these cats go so hard. It's like their mom or their grandma or something sauce. And they're just fully committed to this like sugar-free, cold-filled salad dressing that their mom made for them 20 years ago. And so at the end of the day, if you help the produce category manager, the grocery category manager, whatever it is, make their life easier by making their consumers happy by doing the right thing, it all starts to happen. Now, that comment I just made takes seven days a week for seven straight years and you gotta be ready for that, but that's the answer. People are like, how do you break in? How do you get national? How do you do this? Win one day at Whole Foods, then win two, then win three, then win four, because Whole Foods is still a thought leader. Amazon buys them even before Amazon bought them. The Kroger's, the, Whole Fo the, the Walmarts of the world, everybody's looking to see what they're gonna do next. And so we just made ourselves the coolest thing there, which in turn will make us the coolest thing everywhere else. That was the theory. We were right. Now we are uh, not only the number one selling organic refrigerated dressing on planet Earth, we are um, actually bringing in more shelf-stable consumers to the produce department than any other brand nationwide. Yield. <laughs> How do you even know that? Um, Nielsen. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. He's a, Nielsen's a crazy dude. Yeah. <laughs> Nielsen, where are you, bro? Are you a bro? Nielsen's you, cousins you? with Wilson. Yeah. Should anybody even care about organic anymore? Is that a thing? I think we have witnessed and we're living kind of a, call it a greenwashing or an organic washing or whatever of non-GMO, of organic, of pasture-raised. Basically, when you're in this world, people are going to find a fucking loophole, right? And so if they can create a loophole to put something on packaging that makes it sound better than it is they're gonna do it and so i think that's what makes tessie mays different is that whatever we put on that package our lives are on the line my mom answers all of the customer customer service emails so uh it's funny because people will call and, you know, my mom is kind of like a Dutch uncle or a Dutch aunt. You know, she calls it like it is. And they're like, I want to speak with your manager. <laughs> so she'll loop me into it. Um, but you have to be able to trust the people making this stuff. And that is why we have a food crisis. That's why we have an obesity epidemic because people go to the store, they see all of the buzzwords on the front of packaging, they eat it, thinking it's great for them, and then they look on the back, and actually it has added sugar, it has all types of weird gums that you can't pronounce, it's got natural flavors, it's got all this weird shit in it, 
and people just can't figure out, man, I, I don't understand why I'm not seeing the results or I'm having problems or now I'm, you know, being forced to eat an autoimmune diet, you know? And so does organic matter? Yes, it does. Um, but at the end of the day with everything, you just got to trust who's making it because there's a loophole on everything. And it seems like a lot of times these labels kind of stand in for a bigger conversation that we got to be having, right? Yep. And where we get stuck is when the loopholes kind of take over mm-hmm. and the standard is eviscerated or whatever. Um, one of the things that I've always loved about you guys is, is the way it seems like you see this as a battle. And you, <laughs> we, I think you used that word a little earlier. I think Brian talked about winning. Um, you haven't said enough yet, but we gotta get, we gotta get the Matt perspective here. I was warned that you were gonna say some off the wall shit. Well, I'm just super caffeinated right now. <laughs> I should not have had that cold brew you just gave oh, me. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. I'm like sitting here shaking. Let me get some sips. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that. a battle. You know, we our parents' house is on the line. We fight every day the good fight. And you know, I think the one thing why we're still here is we have blind loyalty to each other and you just don't see that anymore. And everybody gives you bad advice uh, the entire journey just saying, oh, don't do business with your brothers. Oh, you need this efficiency. Oh, you need to do this. And it's like the three of us talking, we're like, that just doesn't make any sense to what we're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, this is the trifecta right here, you know, the tri- tricycle. You know, there's three of us. You take one of us away, we got a bicycle still. <laughs> yeah. You still got two wheels. Yeah. It might be a little lopsided. Just throw some pegs on the back. But, you know, we're still rocking and rolling. Be but careful with the unicycle, guys. Right. We all know how that ends. Yeah. You're your walking. Face. You're yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're walking with a unicycle yeah. on your back. Yeah. Yeah, but people are like, God, you guys are aggressive or you're super emotional. It's like we're fighting every day. It's passion. It is passion. So is, is it what you're fighting for or what you're fighting against? What gets you? Are you fighting for something or against we're, something? Or is we're it definitely fighting for something. Which is what? You know. That's why we do crop circles. That's it's, it's clean food. Yeah, it's giving people the food they actually want. You know, most people just don't have access, and that's one of the biggest problems in our country is just the access to the good food. And people just will, you know, you go through your daily life and just settle for what's convenient, what's easy. God, I'm hungry. Just oh, let's get some fast food. And you know, the access part is really critical, and that's why we've done crop circles in Compton and Baltimore. Uh, in Chi Town, looking to do a couple more coming up here, Seattle. Yeah, it looks like we're going to be doing one in Seattle, which we would like for you to come. Um, we're going to do it right before Thanksgiving. The theme will be Thanksgiving's on us. I like that. Yeah, for the people. And the other thing I fight for specifically is time. People spend a lot of time second guessing everything. Do I trust this? Do I trust that? Who can I believe? Who can't I believe? And so when when you can trust a brand like Tessie Mays and you can trust the proteins and the produce, um, it just makes your life significantly easier because you have enough going on in, in your day-to-day to like pile on. Like, am I poisoning myself all day as well <laughs> or am I not? And so when we go into these meetings with these buyers and we have a lot of top-to-tops with everybody from the CEO of Kroger to you know, the CEO of Whole Foods. And we're just like, guys, like you are running a business and we get it. Please allow us to carve out our little niche and create loyalty and create a brand that people can trust, truly trust. 
because we're gonna do all the little things that everybody else won't do because we have nine kids between the three of us with a 10th on the way. And I will not poison my child, like no matter what, because it's just ridiculous. They your kids. Yeah, they my kids, baby. <laughs> we do it for the kids. So, and, and that's really, and we ask these buyers and these retailers and these e-commerce platforms to partner with us and be a part of our story because I'm like, guys, listen, I know the model. I'm not going to take my food and work backwards to make you happy and ruin a person, a, a person's life. Like you already have enough of that. Give us the chance to carve out our little lane and, and be great every day. You're going to get a full effort from us because our mom's name is on the packaging. And then you mess that up, you know, what else you got? Nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. I mean, one of the things that I think I, from me talking to you guys, and I, I've always wanted to find, for whatever reason, I find villains everywhere. I see, you know, people acting badly. And and, and I, I had that opinion of supermarkets and, you know, this big food system that, that I kind of feel sometimes I'm up against. And you guys helped me, or I want to make sure I got this right. I'd love for you to, to kind of explain it. Uh, help me see things a little differently, which is that these supermarkets and these big retailers are out there and they're not exactly leading the charge. They're, they're kind of neutral in a way. They are putting up on the shelves what they think people want. Right. And I think what I, what I liked hearing from you guys is like, you're out to change that. You know, you're, you're changing that conversation. It's not going to come from Walmart per se. It's going to come from somebody like you coming along and saying, there's a demand for this product. Put it up. The velocity and the um, loyalty to a brand, excuse me, like we have, allows us to get a different perspective on grocery stores. Because as a small business, you hear the buyers are the devil and the big grocery store, oh gosh, you know. You know what they want? They want great products that people buy. Right. That's what they want. They want people to come into their store and they want people to buy the products that they have on their shelves. And that buyer wants to be right. The buyer wants to be right on the choices that they make. It is the manufacturer or the brand's job to hold the line. And that's where we come in. We hold the line. You want thickening agents? Tough shit. The velocity is there. Velocity is supposed to be this many bottles per store per week. We have that times three. And so we get to then begin to have a conversation so that the next group of brands, of products, can maybe use us as a baseline to say the margin was different. Initially, it looked a lot different. The ingredient list was different, and it worked. And so now I want you to give me a shot. Tell us about that. Speaking of looking, how about that wax capsule that was on that? Oh, man. We have come so far. (laughs) We were selling square tires there for a while. (laughs) And we did a great job selling them. We hustled some square tires. (laughs) Like between the congealed olive oil, the wax, the Uh, original label that Greg like drew on a freaking... On a napkin. With a freaking Crayola crayon. (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember when we were probably year one end of year one we were looking at the logo and everything and greg was like god i just don't think we can change the label or the logo we're just we're we're in too far and it's like what are you talking about we're in five whole foods you idiot and it's funny now because like another reason 
that this whole thing works is we have a bunch of radically transparent people on our team. I have my brothers. They're not going to give me an inch. They're actually going to give me negative inches and make me climb out of a hole every day. And I appreciate that. I have my wife who does the same thing. She is going to fucking tell me like it is. Our executive team, same thing. There is no ego thing going on where people can't say exactly what they want to say. And that allows us to move forward in a way that I don't think other people can move forward. And so, you know, I'm like, hey, guys, I think we're in too far. We're in four Whole Foods, you idiot. We're changing the packaging. Okay. Now, the one thing that I thought America was going to catch on to was olive oil congealing. And I was dead wrong. You sure were. You, and this Dr. Is- Oz was dead wrong, too. So, okay. You were wrong. We were all wrong. No. We were all wrong. It's great out of the fridge. You it's were great right. out of the fridge. Matt. I actually, and Matt Vetter, right. let this be Matt Vetter's moment. This is he my was moment. Right. I was right. We I had to get rid of wax. Got rid of the wax. And we had to reformulate it so it didn't congeal in the fridge. And we did that. How long was I lobbying for that? Uh, 45 days. <laughs> Six years. Six years. That Six is not years. true. Yes. Hey. From the first time I had to make it. I was like, yo, we got to get rid of this. <laughs> like, this just ain't it. That's like, the Google theory. You, you put the laziest person on the most complex problem, and you'll, you'll find some serious answers. That's oh, right. I got some answers. <laughs> and Spike, the other thing that helped us tremendously was the way we thought about servicing our customers. So when we first started Tessie Mays, Greg had the website, and the emails go straight to his phone. And so when we were only in one Whole Foods, people's grandmas or friends or whatever would come out to the Whole Foods and it wouldn't be available because our methodology at the time was deliver it in the front door, do a demo, sell it out. So we were technically a ghost brand. So people would be coming in asking for more. And so then after a while, we just felt bad and we couldn't afford the time or the money to ship people free bottles because they traveled from York, Pennsylvania to Annapolis and they couldn't find the dressing. And so we used e-commerce as the voice of the people. And then we use that data in our meetings and with our partners and everything to say, hey guys, people are spending $10, if you include shipping, on 10 ounces of ketchup. Ketchup is available like air. You can go anywhere and get it. And they're paying $10 for our ketchup. Well, why is that? Because we do what we say we're going to do. And so as people are trying to create these brands that are authentic, these brands that are real, cut out all the middlemen and just have a conversation mano a mano, eye to eye with whoever you're speaking to or whoever you're trying to speak to and just see what they want. Go do demos, go stock shelves, go host community meetings and like just go engage people because the answer, they have it. You want to sell something to somebody, ask them what they want. And then just go make that available. And I just think... And e-commerce helped us figure that out. And e-commerce has been everything. So check out TessieMaze.com for all products. There's my Including plug. Including snake oil. Woo! Coming oh, soon. yeah. That Friday. Be, oh, yeah. Is that Friday? It's yeah. Friday, that, baby. This Friday or next Friday? This Friday. This Friday. It's going live. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, I, um, to the people. <laughs> people need to know about s- snake peppers, I, fish peppers, fish Some peppers, snake oil, and see what Cincinnati I did here, barbecue. I'm just poking like you. Party That's me. what I'm talking about. <clears throat> What's next? So, what I've been, I've heard this word velocity a couple of times, and I think that that's part of this CPG world you guys are in, right? Mm-hmm. What what does velocity mean in this in this context? 
how often people buy your product. And it, it has to be consistent and it has to be fast. And um, it took us a long time to get to the baseline velocity that we have today. Um, and that is what everybody fights for at the end of the day. Consistent velocity across all retailers and channels and everything else um, because it's a full circle. Supply chain, manufacturing, retail, e-commerce, it's, it's all about velocity. So does that mean you guys go from salad dressings to salads? Yeah. So we did um, a bunch of large produce businesses a couple years ago. Uh, basically came and told us the secrets that <laughs> there's no way to differentiate the salad kit market anymore. And our dressings are the only way to do that because nobody else makes clean dressing on a mass scale. We're like, okay, thanks for those answers. <laughs> so, what's the question? Yeah. And so then we went and uh, contacted um, a bunch of big farms out in California. Uh, we partnered with the Church Brothers and we launched um, a produce company. And we created an organic, non GMO salad kit with our dressings and our toppers and a clean protein that is sold in a clamshell in produce. And that was the first time that common sense prevailed against all odds. Well, I guess our whole journey is about common sense. But people were very vocal about that not working. This will never work. What won't? People wanting clean, delicious tasting food at a reasonable price point? I think it will. And so what that did was that just kind of opened our eyes to the power of our brand, the power of trust, the power of authenticity. But then also it gave us a direct line of sight into the farming community. And uh, now the Church Brothers are large, but that kind of perfectly coincided with our friendship. But we, I guess we had been friends for probably a year, two years before that. And so it gave us a very deep understanding into the ability through CPG, through brands, to actually change the farming structure in terms of how people or what farmers are growing and why, and then how we can potentially bring that to the masses through an authentic brand that's not going to screw up the whole system. Because that's what happens, right? Like right. everybody has the, the ability to do it today. No one does it, just like crop circles. Everybody has the ability today to end food deserts. No one fucking does it. Why? They want to give water to other people in other countries, yeah. and they don't care about their neighbor. Right. And it's like our dad uh, was an international uh, nonprofit spy. I'm kidding, CEO. <laughs> and so he spent his whole life taking care of Central and South America, the Caribbean, um, you know, he lived in the DR for a while. He lived in Jamaica for a while. And he built this whole kind of his last nonprofit, which was before the one he retired from was Eureka Communities. And they basically taught community leaders how to be better leaders, thus improving the communities than the cities as a whole. And why can't we do that for food? 75% of Baltimore is a freaking food desert. How is that possible? 
And so you need people to stop talking about it and start doing something. And so that's how crop circles came to be. We just, we sat in a room and we said, we have very large farming friends that can supply 60,000 pounds of fresh organic produce. We can supply as much salad dressing as anybody needs. We know the most unbelievable chefs on the planet. Shout out to Spike. (laughs) And we can teach people how to eat this food, what to put on this food, how to cook it at home. And everybody probably listening is like, you know, people know how to do that. Not true. Brian witnessed a little kid eating an apple and he was just smiling from ear to ear. And so Brian walked over and he said, why are you so happy? He goes, this apple tastes like chips. And he goes, this apple tastes like chips. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, it's crispy like chips. All the apples I've ever eaten were mushy and brown once you bit in them. So he had only ever eaten essentially a government smoked apple. And now he's eating a freaking in-season honey crisp organic apple for the first time. And this kid's over the freaking moon. And so like all these big freaking brands talk about, oh, we're going to end food deserts. What have you fucking done? Right? Like who did it last year? It was like Coca-Cola or something. It was like, we're going to end food deserts and we're going to send, you know, empty bottles of Coca-Cola for people to put their wishes in them or some bullshit. It's like, how is that helping? What? <laughs> What the fuck is going on? So, uh, you know, we were, we just said, we're going to do it. We're going to go out to these places. Our first one was in Compton. Everybody said we were crazy. Everybody said we're going to get shot. Everybody said uh, it's not safe to do. And that's the problem. We went to Annapolis High School. We see things the way that they are. Shout out to Annapolis High School. A hi. A hi. You know. And um, nobody is going to shoot you when you're having a community event handing out fresh organic produce for the community. So Kendrick Lamar comes out. The mayor of Compton comes out. uh, The gangster gardener comes out. Everybody comes out, and they're just like, why are you doing this? Because we felt like it. Because nobody else does anything. Everybody just talks. And so... Hey, Greg, quick question. Nick Manis, 20, uh, wants to know how you keep such a strong beard. Thank you so much. Uh, healthy fats. Oh, there you go, Nick. Lemon garlic, healthy fats. TessieMaze.com for all of your beard growing needs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, man, I think, you know, you, you said that you asked the question earlier, like, are you fighting for something or are you battling something or battling against something? Was that it? Uh, fighting yeah. for, battling against. I think it was fighting for, fighting against. Fighting for, fighting against. Both. Okay. Every day we fight for clean food for everyone. And every day we fight against the pressures of running a national CPG company with its own manufacturing arm to cut corners and make cheap shit with high margins. Yeah. And Spike, the one thing I'll talk to you about velocity, because I think this is important. And especially if we're talking about this as like a moment in time that we'll look back on. So velocity and how well you're doing is in the eye of the beholder, right? So your buyer really controls what's good and what's bad. So if you can help them understand 
that you can only do so much, then that becomes whether you're doing well or not. And so to control the narrative of let us just represent 1% of your categories change, then you can stay super authentic to your story and your brand and not play this game of you have to take this person's shell space and turn that shell space into more than they were already giving me. You can play that game if you allow that game to be played. But I just say, guys, I'm not playing this game for two reasons. One, I don't know how to. (laughs) Two, I don't want to. And so when you say that to a buyer, they're so caught off guard as to like what you're even saying at that point because they have a script. And their script says like answer like this until you ask them different questions. And I don't let people corner me. I you know, I bring the heat to them. And so when you think about what we've been able to accomplish and when you think about the way that we have been able to keep our our in, the integrity and in our ingredients, it's because we asked for help. And we, not only did we ask for help, but we said, this is the best that we can do. And we're going to crush this for you. And uh, snap a pic, Spike. Uh. So I, I just think that's important for anybody listening that wants to go fight for something. Just make sure you ask and you play the game the way it can be played and see where you end up. Because we didn't have to go into Kroger. They let us because they agreed to the rules. We didn't have to go into Whole Foods. But... We all agreed to the rules and like, that's so important. And, and I just described it to these buyers like a speeding limit. Like I can go 80 in Kansas, but I can't go 80 in Maryland. That doesn't make it right or wrong. And so if you just simplify everything to right. them, it's like, let's just create our own rules. Go follow them. We're small enough to where it won't really matter in the grand scheme of this big, large corporation you work for. And then you just run out of that meeting as soon as they say yes <laughs> and don't look back. Yeah. We've done a couple of those. It's yes. All right. See you guys. Yep. Peace. So let's end with uh, maybe from each of you what I think I, I, I might have heard Brian ask this question in a meeting once. But so we talked about battling. We talked about um, winning. What does winning look like for you guys? And if we could start with Matt, I'd just like to hear it from youngest to oldest. Like I said, we talked about battling, fighting for something, a lot of different things here, fighting against and for things. What does winning look like at the end of the day for, for you and Tessie Mays? We usually go oldest to youngest, oh, so I can think of something clever after these two go. <laughs> right, but then, now you have to go, now Matt. I'm on the yeah. spot. You're on the spot. What's winning? Uh, <laughs> winning to me is, oh, that's a tough question, but it's not because winning is being able to provide for my family. Winning is actually you know, showing the world that it can be done a certain way. Winning is you know, just seeing where we've you know, where we started and where we are today, nine years in, you know, literally making our mom's one flavor of salad dressing didn't even have a name. It was just called original. Like <laughs> it was. It's like, what is original? Some, call, some call me a marketing and branding genius. There are then, a few of those. Then, then we came out with original two. Nice. <laughs> that didn't lead to any confusion. Not at all. So winning to me is allowing the brand of Tessie May as it was set out to be, to continue to stay on that journey until we are the largest salad dressing across all channels, conventional, shelf-stable, et cetera, and proving that it not only can be done with passion, with teamwork, with commitment, but you can do whatever you want because people forget we're in America. 
people forget you can create the American dream if you're willing to fight for it. And so I just say winning to me is uh, fighting every day, proving that I'm an American, proving that the American dream is true, and then inspiring the next generation to fight for their kids. Winning to me is changing food for the better. Winning to me is um, using, having people use Tessie Mays and what we've done as the standard. You don't need to cut corners. You don't need to make it shit. You can create a product the way that it can be created and you can make it work. And then following that to the end of its life cycle. Whatever that life cycle is, following it to the end. And that's winning. Right on. We're going to leave it at that. Matt Vetter, Brian Vetter, Greg Vetter, youngest, middle, and oldest of Tessimes. Thank you for being here at Full Service. Uh, keep, keep, keep fighting the fight. I actually thought that. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full-service radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full-service radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.